0: Today we begin the new series, uh, conversation one hundred and fifty one. We'll do half of it today um, it's actually also um, Continuing with the subject of the seven beggars, the famous tale Rabenu told the last tale the thirteenth uh the thirteenth tale of the Masiyot, of the ancient story which Rabenu told um we just left off after Rabenu discusses the idea of the second day and um also how Rabenu gave off each and every day of the story because the seven days to the story corresponding to each and every beggar um as uh, Rabinatan notes in the at the end of uh, Seif Kufnun, that uh, Rabinu split it up. Um, he split up the telling of each and every day on a different day. Essentially, uh, the first day I believe he told on a Friday night. The second day he told on a Wednesday morning. The third day, um, and the fourth day he told on the next Friday night. The fifth day, I believe, was on uh, Sunday. <clears throat> and then the uh, sixth day on Tuesday. The sixth was the last one he told. And uh, Rabenu said we, were not married, we will not merit to hear the seventh day until the coming of the Mashiach. The Mashiach is going to give us a story. And of course, this teaches us that the Mashiach's entire essence is the seventh day. It's the beggar um, without legs. Of course, the idea of seven is malchut, It's Mashiach. It's very, very significant. But the Rabinaten notes, and this is something very important to understand about Sibor Masiyot. When we're reading these stories and we're reading about these seven beggars, we have to understand that when Rabinu is speaking about these seven beggars, he's speaking about the, the different levels of Tzadikim. The third day Rabenu teaches us, and he notes, um, at the end of the third day, Rabinu said that um, the heart represents David Amelach. Um Or if I'm I forget what, but... Um, whenever it speaks about the heart and the spring, um, this is a reference to Adin and Melech. Of course, each and every, uh, what do you call it, beggar corresponds to a different level of tzaddik, and a tzaddik, that he spe- a tzaddik that specializes in a certain midah. But, Rabbi Nathan says like this, he says, I later understood that when Rabenu was speaking about these seven beggars, he was actually referring to himself. And that actually, each and every beggar, the beggar that is deaf, the beggar that is blind, the beggar that is... Um, stammers, as we're going to discuss today, the beggar that is, uh, has a hunchback, the beggar that has a crooked neck, beggar without feet, the beggar without hands, all these different types of beggars. You have to understand that Rabenu is teaching us that this is all, he attained all these levels. Why? Because the only way Rabenu could explain this story is by the fact that he attained it. This is why this story is unheard of. This is why this story is a total novelty. Because Rabenu was able to Tell us about all these beggars Because he had attained each level He had, a, he had attained a perfection with the eyes um, a, per- a perfection of ruach Whenever it comes to the crooked neck um, The hunchback The Rabenu was He perfected all these midot That each and every beggar specializes in He perfected each and every midah And Rabbeinat says I later understood that Rabenu Wasn't really referencing Different tzaddikim He was actually teaching us About how he attained all these levels And even the beggar with our feet also so we can imagine that when Rabenu says the Mashiach is going to be one of my students. He's going to be your HaRata. He's going to be one of my descendants. We can understand this because Rab- the Mashiach is going to write a perush on Nikut Moran. The Mashiach is going to write a commentary on Nikut Moran, a commentary on Tzibor Masiot. He's going to finish off the seventh beggar. Why? Because Rabenu teaches us in Tzibor Moran. I've set out a shulchan aruch, a set table for the Mashiach. I've set out everything. All the teachings are here. Now the Mashiach just needs to reveal himself. So. We see here that Rabenu had already prepared everything for us, for the final generation. All we have to do is apply the advice. And um, we continue. Um uh, told us the story, um, or the third and the fourth day of this story of the seven beggars, on that, the following Friday night, the Friday night after he started this story. At that time, was suffering because his grandson, the son. Um, I forget who. It's possible. It's possible that it was Frega. Yeah? Uh, actually, it was Adel. Sorry, it was Adel. The son of Adel, who was Rabenu's daughter, uh, was suffering. He was very sick, and he was actually on a sick bed. He he was very close to dying. And uh, at that time, Rabenu's grandson was very sick, and the Hayalotar and Rabenu had so much pain because of this, because the pain was very heavy on his grandson, and Rabenu felt it. Of course, Rabenu attained the level that he said, that is written in Chaim Moran. describes that Rabenu attained the degree that any time a person would come to Rabenu suffering, Rabenu prayed to Hashem in that he would feel the exact same suffering that this patient came to him with, so that he can understand the problem, so that he could be with the person. Of course, for many other reasons we do not understand, and uh, Rabenu too, whenever he sees his grandson, especially someone who's related to him, um, sick, this is very difficult for him. And Rabenu, it was very heavy not only the child but Rabenu himself. Aside from the fact that uh, Rabenu's daughter, that Sadeket, the righteous woman. Uh, Adel, that uh, God willing, her her son. Uh, sorry, that God willing, the mother of this child should live. Meaning, Ed, uh, Adel should live long, as Rabbi Nathan is writing here. He says what that uh, she had a trouble having. She had trouble having children, or her her many of her children died during infancy. She had she had uh she lost several daughters before this story already, and. Um, It's funny. It's not funny at all, actually. But um, this grandson of uh, Adel later ended up passing away a week from that Friday night that uh, Rabbenu was suffering from uh, the pain of his grandson. grandson. Uh, A week from the time that this story is being told, a week later, uh, this grandson passed away. Rabbenu's grandson passed away. So you can imagine the pain. And um, uh, uh, Adel already had lost many children before this so you can imagine the pain of a mother like this already losing multiple children. And Rabenu may his memory be a blessing, he entered the house that Friday night and he sat at the table with pain he did not linger at the meal at all. And we immediately blessed um, the blessing for bread after blessing for bread, before the entire, uh, all the people began to enter. Um, um, began to enter, as it was their way constantly. This was customary. They used to enter to the year. Rabbeinu give uh, Torah. After, after blessing on the bread, Rabenu remained sitting, uh, sitting at his holy table. And he opened up his mouth, his holy mouth, his pure mouth, his awesome mouth. And then Rabenu gave over a beautiful conversation, a wondrous conversation. That within it had a very holy Torah lesson. As it was Rabbanu's, his way, it was uh, constant. That, uh, used to, it was very often that Rabenu used to do this. Um, amidst his holy conversations, that he used to bring a beautiful Torah out of it. As, Sorry, and this entire conversation was related to the pain that he was going through because of the pain of his grandson. And it seems to me that he started speaking about the idea of the heart that is pursued, as is talked about on the story of the in the story of the third day of the seven beggars. And afterwards, within this conversation, another declared. Where do we stand in this story? we were taken aback. And Rabbi Nathan says, "I responded to Rabbi with fear, with, with trepidation, with fear with awe." That we are standing on the third day; that we haven't started the third day yet. And then immediately, Rabbi responded. On the third day, Rabenu quotes, as Rab, is quoted in the story, Rabenu said, on the third day, um, this young couple uh, returned and they began to remember um, and begin to ask themselves, how, is it, how do we take this uh, beggar? How do we find this beggar? How do we bring this beggar who, um, who stammers to the, uh, to the Shev of Rachot? How do we bring him to our celebration? And over there, we see um, it's explained um, more in depth, of course, um, the story of the third day, just like we talked about above about the idea of the heart being pursued. Uh, look at the story over there. And after Rabenu finished and concluded the story, telling the story the third day, Shinnah says from Simcha that it describes over there at the end of the story that there was a huge celebration because of the fact that this beggar who was heavy-lipped, who had a lisp, who couldn't speak properly. Um, this is like the idea of Moshe Rabenu, Uh But nonetheless, that this beggar who couldn't speak um, gave them the gift that uh, they too would be able to benefit from this, meaning that they would have perfect speech. And uh, there was a huge celebration made. When Rabenu finished the story the third day, he said like this in this language, They rejoiced very much, Rabenu said like this in Yiddish. They rejoiced very much. And afterward, then Rabenu went on to continue to tell us the fourth day of the story. The second he finished it, immediately Rabenu got off on the table very quickly. And because I was very busy in my mind and I, I was focused uh, on reviewing the two stories, the two days of the story of the seven beggars, the third and the fourth day, immediately I reviewed them. I reviewed the third and fourth day of these stories, of the story of the seven beggars. With uh, people, with the students that were there, so that I would not forget one single word from Rabbanu's mouth. And because of this, because of this, I forgot the entire conversation, the holy conversation Rabbanu spoke about from beforehand that led him into the story. And it's a pity, woe for what is lost. Praise and thanks our praise and, uh, uh, and extol the living God. <speaking in Hebrew> For that which remains, that we merited to remember, to print these stories. <speaking in Hebrew> that even according to the small amount of light that is present within my heart, the small amount of spark and inspiration within my heart, <speaking in Hebrew> I do not have the vessels of speech. I do not have the ability to speak. I do not have the vessels of writing. I do not have the ability to write. To even have the audacity to speak of the awesomeness and the exaltedness of the level of these stories. Rabbi Nathan says it would be a disservice. It wouldn't be appropriate to even speak and to praise these stories because they're so lofty. So, this is a good lesson for us that we have to review these stories, especially Masiyot, constantly, constantly, and constantly that these stories have so many secrets, but yet alone are so practical, that at a simple level, each and every person can take advice, and uh, and apply, uh, apply the advice in these stories, to become better individuals, may you have the merit to do so, that's it for today, God willing, continue uh, in the next episode, uh, and we'll finish off, Sa'if if,